welcome to First and Fifteen, the show that takes you around the UK flag football scene. Sponsored by Nuola, your customised sportswear supplier. It's time to take a look and see who's hot and who's not as we approach week two. Hello Radio! Welcome back to The Way We HNC It. I hope that after last week we still have some listeners who are willing to hear us ramble on and possibly offend your team. Back once again, I am Bez Berry. I am your host. I am joined again by Greg. How are you, Greg? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. As always, we are joined by our offender-in-chief, Tom Clark. How are you? I'm good, thank you. (laughs) And this week, we also have a special guest appearance from a man who last week we covered with complete slander. There was a character assassination. He was called a liar and full of deceit. It was all truth. saved in my phone as Judas... He is the reigning Baffa League Premier North quarterback of the year from Flag Football World. He is a Glasgow Hornet. It is Scott McDonald. <laughs> How are you, Scott? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, sir. If you do not mind me saying, the chances are you are in for a tough time. I'd expect nothing less from you. Tough time. <laughs> So we would like to point out that Calum Stepani still hasn't shown his face. But, you know, there's always next time. First off, Greg, what is the news from around the HNC this week? Well, I think there is only really one story that people want us to talk about. Now, it's the Broncos, 37. The Glasgow Hornets, 27. The Hornets' first regular season defeat in over two years. I say this purely because I don't know when the last one was. Because me and you, Bez, we weren't in the league at the point. That is a, a great point to make. They, as we discussed last week in overreaction Wednesday, and we will get to that this week, folks. Do not worry. They have gone undefeated in the regular season for a very, very long time. The Broncos have been disparaged occasionally in the local media, and they are the team to knock them off first game of the season. So, yeah, uh, Broncos, I mean, hey, good for you. Good for you, Broncos. I mean, it goes it goes to a, a sort of wider point that the Broncos basically dominated in week one. You know, they went 3-3, three three, conceded sort of 30 points and scored over 100. So, I mean, well done the Broncos this week. They were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it was a great, great start. Tom, what do you think about the Broncos week one? Broncos look great. Look really great. A little, I think the change of format from the tournament football to the league caught them out a little bit in the Carnegie game. But saying that, I think they still put up 30, 40, a lot of points. Let's just say a lot of points. <laughs> Good stats there, Tom. Nice, nice to see, nice nice to see Tom's done his prep. Nice. After last time, Tom has done even less prep. Uh, Scott, obviously you were part of the Glasgow Broncos game. How do you feel that went from an insider's perspective? Yeah, it was a it was a tough game to, to watch and be a part of. Um, the Broncos played... Mistake free, um, they just didn't let anything up. They played well, whereas Glasgow, us, we made a couple of costly mistakes, and ultimately led to led to the Broncos' comfortable victory in the end. There we go. There we go. Scott has not learned the rule yet about not sitting on the fence, <laughs> um, but you know okay. we'll, we'll get there. Overreaction Wednesday is not too far away. We'll definitely get there. 
Can I ask a question of the new 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 guy? Okay, Tom, ask <laughs> a question. Like, so with all the effort that's been put in by Baffa this year uh, for refereeing, there was a there's a little rumor going around that there was maybe a few dubious calls on that game. You know, want to get off the fence and tell us one way or another. Not that I can recall. I think the game was refed well. I didn't have any issues with it. Cool. Must do media training down in Glasgow, do they? They must do. They must do. <laughs> Certainly um, more than I've been through. Yeah. On the subject of the media, Greg, headline number two. Well, we touched on it last week, and as part of the rule changes, teams embraced it, and there was two-point conversions galore. You know, it was it was really good fun to watch. Um, not all successful. There was a lot of lot of uh, sort of missed attempts as well. Uh, I think it's going to have a big impact on the way the season goes. Yeah, Tom Tom spoke briefly last week about it becoming a potential strategy for teams. Annoyingly, he has been proved correct, at least in week one. Hopefully, that will not continue. Not the two-point conversions, Tom being right. <laughs> it's, it's a worrying precedent. It's a worrying, it's a worrying trend. It's a worrying trend. We all got to see every team in the HNC play this weekend. Uh, Scott? What do you think about, as a quarterback, how do you feel about being allowed closer to the end zone for a two-point conversion compared to last year? The chances being increased to score more points is always good from an offensive perspective. In the the games that I was a part of, it was kind of much and such the same from last year. There wasn't too many two-point conversions going on. They stuck primarily to the to the ones unless it made a difference. So... Must have been different on the Aberdeen fields, but yeah, there was there was a couple same old, same old here. There was a couple of hours, especially in the the Clyde game. Both, yeah, don't don't think anyone went for one in the Clyde game. No, I think I think uh, Aberdeen Allcats and Clyde Comets both teams went for two points on multiple occasions. The Colts, no, not the Colts. That's later on. The Comets scored fourteen and went yeah, so went one and one for two on the two point conversion. Yeah. We got we got twenty, so someone else could do the maths. Um, but yeah, I think everybody went for it. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, it was it was good fun to watch, good fun to be a part of. It would just be interesting to see, as kind of Scott mentioned, if it's closer games, whether teams want to try and take that chance or not. I think that I think people will. I think especially if you have to come back into a game, um, people might go for two earlier in a game than they maybe would have done last year. Um, but it'll be interesting to see going forward. So, any more news, Greg? Um, I mean, the, the, the other slight thing I would probably say is, and, and the weather maybe played a part, was defences. There was, it was pick, pick city out there. Um, from the games I watched, interceptions galore. Quarterbacks kind of being a bit loose with the ball. Uh, Scott knows a fair bit about that, so it'd be interesting to see how he uh, <laughs> the weather the games on, uh, on Saturday. Cheap, cheap shot, but I like it. I'll take it. I'm, I'm buying it. Uh, Scott, how did you find conditions for throwing the ball to both your team and the other team at the weekend? Yeah, so all of my throws went to my own team. So that was a, oh, that was a welcome change. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but no, the, the conditions didn't really play overly much a part of it for myself. Is that because of the limited time you've seen on the park? Could be part of that. It could be part of that. But no, the, the wind didn't really play overly much of a factor. It kind of drifted the ball out of bounds a couple of times on longer balls. But in, in shorter balls, you can just drive it through it. And that would be this week's news. Let's move on and have a little a chat about some of the games from the Premier League. We would like to talk about them all, but we're not going to because <clears throat> our most common complaint is we want to listen to you less. We've already <laughs> spoken about the Hornets and Broncos game. 
which was obviously the major headline from the teams last year and the year before, finished top three in the HNC. To have a quick look at the other end of the table, the Clyde and Edinburgh game, Comets and Outlaws, it came down to essentially the very, very last play of the game with the Outlaws driving to win and unfortunately a drop in the end zone on a deep pass was the best chance they had for Edinburgh to tie the game up but it never happened so Clyde got away with a home win and something that could come to play quite a major part in the season to come. So Scott, how do you do you see that coming? Do you think a Clyde win probably fair? Yeah, I mean I'd put down if I remember correctly, I'd put down on my picks for the Outlaws to win. You had? I thought they would they would edge it slightly, just with the likes of the likes of Archie back at safety and at receiver. He might give them might give them a little bit of an edge. Clyde having a new quarterback in Tiki, allowing Bud to go back to receiver, just opened up the possibilities of their playbook a little more. Yeah, covering having Bud line up at both slot and centre, and then also obviously having Paz there. Um, they they came out flying, and I actually think that they were probably maybe a little bit unlucky not to win by more. Greg, what do you think? Well, I mean, we, we did talk about Clyde beforehand, saying that if they came with a full-strength team, that they were going to be a difficult team to beat. And that, that kind of just got proved to be the case. You know, the first two games of the day, again, uh, I think Edinburgh was their first game, and then they played against us. You know, they obviously won against Edinburgh, and they were, it was really close against us. They, they'll probably feel quite aggrieved that they never got anything out of the game against us. A few of the guys for had other commitments who couldn't stay on for the final game. You've seen the sort of drop-off in, in the standard in them. So, yeah, I think it's going to continue throughout the season for them. If they can get the, the numbers there, get the strength there, they're, they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah, I think you're right. Tom, anything to add to that? It's, it was a bit... I haven't played against Bud for a few years now. It was uh, I think it was one of the first times I've seen him play at centre. And uh, it's a fairly different look on offence when uh, his speed's coming out of there. It's, it's, it's going to be fun when uh, seeing them uh, with Carnegie next week, uh, two weeks' time, uh, when he, when everyone comes up to Aberdeen. What their travelling squad looks like will be a huge indicator of how how they get on their next game day. Cool. If we would move on to the League One, not Division One anymore, League One, there's two games that I think would be good to talk about. Number one, a game that Scott and I actually covered live. Killer Bees and the Sabres. It was nil-nil at halftime before the Bees moved ahead in the second half. Scott, what do you what were your takeaways from that game? Yeah, much like the much like the Premier games on the Saturday, it was a strong defensive performance from from both the Bees and the Sabres. The Sabres ended up having two very tall safeties that we had a lot of fun with on the field. But they they broke up a lot of deep balls. The tackling was sound. It was a it was a good game to watch and cover live. Yeah, the Sabres are a really, really interesting one because much like the Raptors, who we'll come on to later on, having not seen them at Winter League, no one really knew what to expect other than a lot of rumours coming out that they'd gotten a lot better. That was proved to me right off the bat. I was really, really impressed with how their defence played against one of the divisional favourites in the Killer Bees. Derek running that offence there, they look excellent. And for the Sabres, who finished in the bottom half of the table last year, to come in and and play as well as they did, I think is a testament to their off-season. Yeah, I think they've been, they must have been quite well drilled over the, over the winter period. They may not have had many social outings, as in friendlies or winter leagues, 
but they've definitely been in the training room and working on the fundamentals. Yeah, I I'd absolutely agree with that. They, for me, they've they've moved up a little bit in my in my estimations. I think they're going to be a tough out for every single team. Yeah, if I could, if I could have a couple of my uh, week one picks back, I probably would. Yeah, I think you you might be right, uh, Greg. Anything? Well, I'll be honest. I I can't really say too much. Uh, going on the score lines, you just have to echo what you guys have said that they've came out and they've they've probably surprised a couple of other squads there. Um, and they've kind of laid down a bit of a marker in terms of where they expect to be at the end of the season. Yeah, I think you're right. I did notice on their social media at the moment they've started hashtagging point to prove. Um, I think as a group of podcasters, we definitely maybe overlooked them a little bit. Maybe the league have given them a bit of chip on what? the shoulder. Uh, I did also I did notice however that Flag Football World obviously knew something that we didn't because they had them as one of the top ten Division One League One teams in the north. And those guys it's have also slightly better sources than we do. Yeah, the, the the sources obviously don't reach quite as far north as as, as us apparently. But um, no, it's refreshing to see a team arguably been struggling a little bit and coming back and reinvigorated and and really making a mark. Yeah, and I think on on the subject of a team that have been completely reinvigorated in the off season, the Renfrewshire Raptors tore apart the preseason division favourites from our friends at Flag Football World in the Aberdeen Silvercats and. It was not close. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing that really concerns me about that is Tom was right. Yeah, once again, once we get to our game picks very shortly, you will find out that Tom was He gave him a hard time about it as well. Correct, we did give him a hard time about it. Um, you two weren't the only two. Uh, I've been I've been taking pelters for that from the whole league. Well, to be fair, I'm sure it wasn't just that you were taking pelters about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some frosty sidelines for for Tom on on Saturday, but just the Raptors they they came out they scored on a on their opening drive. The Silvers responded with a nice drive, and then the Raptors scored on a bomb. To one of their rookies down the sideline, like first down to the house, a pick, an interception on the first play of the Silver's drive gave them another score, and from there it was yeah, it wasn't nice, it wasn't pretty for anyone on the sideline. So Silver Cats, I think they'll feel that they did not well, they'll know full well they didn't put their best performance out there. Um, hopefully that'll give them a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. But I couldn't help but be impressed by the Raptors, and that's not just as a dinosaur enthusiast; that is also as someone who likes football. Scott, what? impressed you most about the Raptors? It was probably I'd probably just go have have to go back to their fundamentals again. They they seemed well drilled. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, it was just a a, a huge improvement from last season. Yeah, they, they caught balls and they made tackles, and we know that, that is the way to win football games. Tom, anything anything to add to to that? I think uh, the one thing I've had or I've been told back since uh, since that game was just how much everyone underestimated the speed the Raptors were going to have. I think we we knew there were a few fast players, but, and you have to excuse me, I don't know the quarterback's name, but he apparently had an arm that could really utilise the, the two very quick receivers they had. Yeah, um, getting Justin, number one for the Raptors, getting him out of quarterback and into receiver with a quarterback as as good as the Renfrewshire quarterback is now with his fantastic beard really made a difference, I think, because... They have a, a new rookie who was catching bombs down one sideline. They've got Justin on the other side catching bombs on our side and making a nuisance of himself over the middle. And yeah, I really, I really can't fault them for for how well they played. Um, 
and obviously their brand new strips look cool too. Yeah, there is one thing in that game that we that we haven't mentioned, unfortunately, for the Silver Caps quarterback Jamie Bennett. There was a blitz six. There was the elusive blitz six. Doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you've got to give it credit. Yeah, I definitely think that's worth a mention. Renfrewshire Blitzer, you know exactly who you are. Well done on probably one of the plays of the weekend. It's it's very rare. And yeah, we commend you for that. Good for you. That is going to bring us neatly onto Overreaction Wednesday. Woohoo! Oh, no. Our favorite. It's the time we've been waiting for. Everyone's favorite segment, except for Tom. So, first off, we're going to have a little bit of a recap. Last week, Greg, you Hello. said that the someone would get a game off the Hornets when I said that they would go undefeated for the third season in a row. You were correct, sir. Well done. Secondly, Greg, and, and I feel I need to make this point very clear. Greg, you also said that Carnegie were going straight down again. I, I have. You so, far, so far, they haven't proved me wrong. You just didn't say it as comprehensively. <laughs> And aggressively, as Tom did. I, I perhaps said they might have a bit more fight about them than, than Tom did. You're right. Um, however, after week one, where admittedly they had probably the toughest opening day of any team, it, it doesn't look good for Dear Carnegie. And you go, Tom. I'm sorry, I was going to say, it's worth mentioning that uh, Brandon went down very early in their first game at the weekend and Cal Nickel wasn't there this weekend. Yes, it was very much a weakened a weakened Carnegie team. So I'm sure that we definitely haven't seen the last of them and it is not all doom and gloom. Uh, Brandon, we wish you a speedy recovery as with anyone else who was injured over the weekend. So let's get on to some statements. Number one, Scott McDonald. Well, you will be going first. By the Mm. end of the season, when it's all said and done, Broncos will be the number one seed in the North going into the playoffs. Reaction or overreaction? I think it will be an overreaction. Greg? I'm going to go with overreaction. Overreaction. And Tom? Correct. Correct. (laughs) Showing some love to the Broncos for the first time maybe ever, Tom. Okay. He's, to, he's just trying to redeem himself. <laughs> Do you like how long it took me to figure out how to say the word correct? Okay. Number number two, the Sabres and the Bees are coming up out of Division One. They are the class of Division One and they are coming for your Premier League place. Greg. I am going to go with an overreaction. An overreaction. Okay, I'm going to. Yes. I'm going to make a note of that. I, I think. I think your buddies, the, the the fellow dinosaur enthusiasts, I think they're going to improve over the course of the season, um, and I think they might make a make a run for it. Okay, uh, Tom. Overreaction. I think. I think in the in the in the relegation playoff game, uh, whichever one of those teams is in it, I think won't have quite enough for uh, the Premier team. Okay, and Scott. Finally, you. So I'm going to do a, a Tom Clark here and say that that is a huge overreaction. A huge overreaction. Okay, <laughs> Scott, tell me why. Okay, so not that I'm saying that the Sabres are a bad team. But? I <laughs> believe that they will be in and around the mix. However, the Colts, the Silvercats, the Raptors, and obviously the Sabres all have a shout to be within that mix. However, who they play... In the playoff final, I think whoever it is, regardless of the four teams, will not make it 
past the bottom two in the Premier. I think they'll have too much of a experience. And no, I understand. I understand. Okay, oh. number number three, the final piece of overreaction Wednesday. The Aberdeen Silver Cats are done. <laughs> they, they, they beat the Chargers. They lost, but by shutout to the Killer Bees, and they were blown out by the Raptors. They are done, Greg. <laughs> just, um, just before Greg has a statement, can I also say that is a bold statement from their coach? Uh, I am going to go with an overreaction. An overreaction, okay, Scott. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to go overreaction. I think they'll they'll pick it up. They'll work it out. The loss of Andy Keith is big. However, they've got good rookies coming through, and they've got experienced guys and and Cam and Eli to pick up the slack. And I think uh, once they adjust, they'll be all right. And Tom? So as the newly appointed uh, Silver's head coach, it's an overreaction. <laughs> that means losing my job on air, is it? I'm pretty sure you've lost that job now. Okay. Well, maybe it's just good coaching. Maybe it's going to give him a chip on the shoulder. So while we are hanging around in Division 1, I think it's time to get back to a hugely well-received feature from last time out. And that is... <laughs> Charger watch. Greg. Hello. Did the Chargers win this weekend? They did not. And that's Charger Charger watch. watch. (laughs) (laughs) No, they did not win this weekend. Dear Chargers fans, the beers will remain locked in the fridge for another week. We can only hope. But that brings us on to the game picks where we can see if they will pick up that first victory and we will taste the sweet nectar of our beers. Greg, I believe you have the results of all of last week's picks. How I did we do? do? We actually, you know what? It's not too bad. Um, we will go. There's obviously, we've got Scott's game picks from last week. We spoke to him beforehand. So there is four of us and anyone else who wants to play along at home as well. See them in the comments. In fourth place, we have the newly sacked head coach of the Aberdeen Silvercats, Bez. Oh, God. 11-5. <laughs> what was that? You're 11 and 5. Oh, I think you said, okay, that's fine. Okay. So you're 11 right, that's not bad. I mean, it's good on him, he was fourth. <laughs> but that just, that just speaks to the overall standard. Yeah, we're pretty good. Okay, next. Okay, well, we actually have a tie. We have a tie for second. Scott McDonald and Tom Clark. Tied. Oh, thank oh, no. 12 and 4. 12 and 4. That was Tom picking the Raptors there. It was, yeah. Are you sure? I only got two wrong last week in D1. Mm, you got three. Two wrong and... You got three wrong. <laughs> Rubbish, Tom. Honestly. Right, Gre- which means, Greg, you're the winner. What did you get? I am on 13 and three. 13 and three. Well, it's a long season. It is, and it's all still nicely bunched up there. Yeah, I'm hoping that I can... I'm going to have to get a little bit... I think I'm going to have to get a little bit radical this week. Um, well, I mean, you went radical first week. You you back Charger Watch. I, <laughs> I will back Charger Watch every single week. Don't you worry about that, Charger Watch fans. Um, um, don't you will as well. So, are we ready to do our League One game picks for the coming week? Okay, this is going to be league, uh, week two of the HNC. It is hosted in Aberdeen, so most teams 
longest trip of the season and the one that Aberdeen players look forward to the most because it means being able to get up after five o'clock in the morning. So that's always a good start. So we will start off with you, Greg, the Killer Bees versus the Raptors. Killer Bees versus Raptors. I have the Killer Bees. The Killer Bees. Scott McDonald. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Greg here. It's a, it's a Killer Bees win there. And Tom? Killer Bees. Killer Bees. I'm umming and an about it, but I think the bees get off to a good start. I'll give them a I'll give them a tick as well. So next up, Tom Bees versus Colts. Uh, bees. Bees again. Bees again. After to be fair, just while we're on that, after after I was amazed by their winter league performance last week, the Colts had a really good week one and actually came back from being down on the Raptors at halftime to win that game. Um, so we can show them some love. Scott, bees or Colts? Yeah, bees sticking close to home. And Greg? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've stuck out with the bees as well. I think um, they're going to be the, the class of Division 1 this year. Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give you the nod there as well. Uh, That's not the way to make up those games, Bez. Uh, don't you worry. Uh, so, Colts versus Chargers, Greg? I have went for the Colts. Colts. Apologies, Charger Watch. Scott. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems like it's a boring segment so far. I'm going Colts as well. Tom? Yep, I'm, I'm planning on being T-Total this year, so Colts. Yeah, like I feel like I have to pick the Chargers at some point, but I'm looking at their schedule. Was it, they who, got, who was they got two ties with the Winter League, so I am taking the Chargers. Ooh, hey, good for you, good for you. <laughs> hey, let's go, let's go. Okay, next up, Chargers and Bees. Tom? Bees. Oh, yeah, Bees. Greg? Bees. Bees for Bez, too. Chargers and Sabres. Greg? I am going to go with the Sabres to keep up the promotion push. There we go. Scotty? Yeah, I think this one might be a closer game than we all think. However, I am sticking with Sabres. Tom? Sabres. Yeah, I'm going to go Sabres, too. You guys are making this really hard for me to catch up. <laughs> well, stop copying us! Uh... <laughs> Okay, Sabres and Raptors. Oh, it's an intriguing game. Sabres and Raptors. What do we think, guys? Tom, do you want to go first with this one? Uh, Sabres. Scott? I've gone dinosaur-friendly Raptors. Greg? I've actually went with the Raptors as well. Oh, at, at risk of making Tom look right, I had penciled in the Raptors, but <laughs> I don't know how well they're going to travel because last year they showed up with four players, so I'm going to take the new look Sabres. Their, their squad size has about doubled since their squad last year. Yeah, that would give them eight. Yeah, I <laughs> you know what? That's better maths than I had last week. It's so true. I've, I've got no way to slay anyone. It's true. Okay, now on to the games that are going to get me sacked. Silvers versus Sabres, Scott. Sabres. <laughs> I thought you were coming home for the weekend, Scott. Uh, Tom, Sabres or Silvers? Silvercats. Greg? I've went with the Sabres. <sighs> yeah, I'm going Sabres too. I'm not a homer, I'm going Sabres too. Okay, come and check the betting, by the way, if the Colts are going against them. So, Silvers and Colt, Tom? Uh, silvers. Scott? This one I have been back and forth about in my head, and I just cannot pick a winner. However, I'm going to have to. Or, so well, I'm going to pick tie. I mean, that is... Pro- you know what? I'm going tie. You're going tie? Oh, the first ever tie. Love it. Uh, Greg? Yeah, silvers. 
I'm going to take the servers as well. Cool. And I believe that is all of our League One action. So we're going to move on to the Premier League. Game one, Edinburgh Outlaws versus Glasgow Hornets. Resident Hornet Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I'm obviously not going to back anyone but the team that I play for. So the Hornets. Boring. Greg? Uh, yeah, I've went to Hornets. And Boring. Tom? The Hornets. I am going to make that a clean sweep and take the Hornets too. So what could be a really fun one next? Comets and Carnegie. Greg? I have been agonising over this one because obviously we don't know how bad Brandon's injury is, whether he'll be fine for this week, whether Cal Nicol will manage... Um, because that this week's going to be key to Carnegie's season. Huge week, huge week. massive week for them, and we also don't know how well the Comets will travel. I've went for a Carnegie win. Well-known Carnegie hater, Tom. <laughs> um, I'm going Carnegie in that one. I, th- I think. Wow. Uh, I think and it's not even on. close. Breaking news. <laughs> <Not even close. laughs> I, th- I think they've gone all out for that. I think they'll be targeting that week to go and try and uh, get some wins. Sky? I'm going to request that you go first here, Bez. You want me to go first? I do. I do want you to go first. Okay, cool. I'm going to take the comments. Right, okay. So, I looked at Brandon's uh, Brandon's ankle when he went down with the injury, and it seems like he could be out for about three to four weeks. So, on that basis, I'm going to go with the comments. Okay. Well, it's nice of you to share that information after, isn't it? Picks are in, mate. Picks are in. It's like the draft. I'm really sorry. Okay, cool. So next up, Carnegie get a, a second bite at the apple. Um, Carnegie flag football versus the Edinburgh Outlaws. Tom. Uh, Carnegie again. I've actually got got them going two and zero that day. Good lord, good lord. Do you really? I thought they were going straight back down. Go. Well, well, Scott, what do you think? Uh, I will go Carnegie on this. Greg. Yeah, I went Carnegie. Just chuck Greg. up Bell Nickel. Clean, clean sweep for me, um, and yeah, Carnegie as well. Okay, cool. Uh, so next we'll bring up the Comets versus the three and old Broncos. Tom, uh, Broncos. Greg, yeah, I can't see past the Broncos for that one. Scott, yeah, Broncos. Broncos for me too. Oil Cats versus Broncos. Greg, Greg I get off the fence, mate. I am. This is going to be a controversial one. Oh boy, I've, I've went with Broncos. Bad for you, bad for you. Okay, Scott. Yeah, I'm going Broncos as well. They looked well drilled against the Hornets. So. <laughs> <laughs> not not content with leaving us, are you, Scott? You just want to tear us down from the outside now. Honestly. I'm now twisting the knife in your Honestly. back. So, et tu, McDonald? Et tu? Uh, <laughs> Tom. I'm going all cats. Yeah, I'm going to take the all cats as well. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah. No, well done, guys. Okay, Oil Spot the starters versus Outlaws, Scott. I'll back the home team on this. I'll go Oil Cats. Really? Wow. <laughs> I mean, even, with, even without the notably durable Greg Sim, because he can only manage about one game a game day. So, uh, uh, for, Thank you very much. I first, didn't even make the half. half <laughs> the first half, actually. You got the whole way through the first half, I think you'll find. Uh, notably durable. <laughs> Tom, Oil Cats or Outlaws? Oil Cats. Oil Cats. Greg, Oil Cats or Outlaws? Yeah, I've got the Oil Cats for this one. I've got the Oil Cats too, which brings us on to the grudge match of the last couple of seasons. The Oil Cats and the Hornets. I'm going to start off this time with Greg. <sighs> I've, 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 
isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going for a season-ending injury for Scott McDonald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nah, there is it. I'm going to again fall on the wrong side of the fence here. I'm going for the Hornets. Scott, I'm going to agree with Greg, which I'm surprised at on this one. I'm going for the Hornets as well. And Tom. I'm going to go on the proviso that uh, if Scott McDonald starts at quarterback, uh, Oil Cats win. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. The guy who knows your defence the best. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice job. Nice job. Okay. I I have noted down that I have the Oil Cats going 2-1 and one on the day, but I couldn't really tell you who, because I've picked us over the Oil Cats, or uh, we are the Oil Cats, over the Broncos, I'll take the Hornets then. Um, oh. There we go. So, if anyone is looking for a Swiss Army knife and Division One coach, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> because I am definitely your guy and may soon be out of a job. <laughs> but no matter what, I'm sure you can too. No matter no matter where I am, I will continue to podcast until. No one listens anymore, which at this point may be the entirety of Aberdeen, but you know, we'll see. So that is the end of our show, really, guys. Um, any other business, Greg? Uh, I have no other business, just to say thank you to Scott for coming on. Yes, and any other business, Tom? Nope, uh, just uh, thanks to Judas for turning up this week. <laughs> and Scott, any other business from you? No, but thanks for having me along. I plan to make more of them. Um, However, when you record it during Glasgow's training, it makes it very difficult. Well, you know, if it stops you going, then I'm okay with it. Um, and <laughs> yes, there is no other business for me other than to thank you guys for coming, to thank all of our listeners for listening to our inane babble. We will see you in the comments the way that we HNC it. Have a great day. Good evening, it's Jeb Parisi from the Bedford Blackhawks and I'm here to preview the week two of the SWC Premier. So, apologise in advance, I'm struggling with a bit of man flu, hoping not to cough all up in the podcast and in your ears. And I'm also getting the list of games from Flag Football World's schedule list, so apologise if there's any misorder of games or games that are not even being played, but I'm pretty sure they're right, but we'll go straight in. Uh, kicking it off this Sunday, 28th of April. Uh, the first game should be ourselves, the Bedford Blackhawks versus the North Ants Titans. This this game is one of them where certain media outlets uh, both wrote us off for whatever reason. Didn't really give us much respect either way, but I mean, I'll talk about the Titans first of all. Great side, consistent. They've got really good players. I mean, the Tibbles brothers taking over the world. Two of them can play quarterback at a really good level. They can also play receiver. And then I think it's Ollie Tibbles, is it? The wide receiver, GB level, top, top talent. Very quick and fast. I mean, they're a young team, so they're uh, little whippersnappers. They can they can get to you quick, get to the quarterback. I think we know all too well about Radford getting to the quarterback at unbelievable speed. So... We love the Titans boys, love being around them, 
playing against them. Uh, top bunch of lads. Really look forward to it. I mean, we're coming into this no holds barred as we always are. We've got a game plan. We're going to execute the game plan. And in all honesty, I want this game to have both set of players fully healthy, fully fit. So we can just go at it and uh, see how it ends up on the field. I won't predict it though. Not the Blackhawks. I I tend to stay uh, quiet on that one. Next up, we have the North Ants Phantoms and the Cardiff Hurricanes. Not a lot needs to be said about the Cardiff boys. Uh, We have seen pretty much or pretty well what they can do on the field on the first game day. Putting up obscene amounts of points. Uh, Really talented side. It's no, no doubt about it. North Ants Phantoms, we struggled against them. Really well drilled and game planned. Um, and I'm sure they're going to have one for Cardiff. I mean, regardless of the Hurricanes' talent, I'm sure they'll come, the Phantoms will come up with something to slow them down. They're good at that. Uh, and excuse me for names. The quarterback on the Phantoms, very, very intelligent. Makes the right passes, the right throws to the right guys. Uh, so that they're going to move the ball. And I, I don't doubt they're going to score points. But unfortunately uh, for the Phantoms, I think Cardiff are going to win this one. And they'll probably win it quite convincingly. Next up, again ourselves, the Blackhawks versus the North Ants Phantoms. Redemption game. Obviously losing the uh, the first game against them, week one. Uh, we ended up losing the game by three points. It was a great game, though, really back and forward, but the Phantoms are just way more prepared. We'd just come off quite a quite a big win against Aylesbury, so we were within minutes back on the field, and I just don't think we were switched on for it. I mean, it's no excuse, but the Phantoms were, they were ready to go, well-drilled, um, which I don't doubt they're going to be again. They're going to have a, a game plan for us, whether it's the same or it changes, I don't know, but one thing about us is we learn from our losses and no matter who it is and how we lost we will game plan you know we're we're unfortunate not to be able to to watch the game back on film but we've got a good idea of the team we're playing so again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna guess the score but I'll leave this one out on the field and uh, hopefully the purple and black come home with the W next up we've got the Aylesbury Vale Spartans and the North Ants Titans again. Uh, the Spartans, I believe, lost the first game against these boys. Uh, very tight game. I think it was only six points in it. Uh, and that's what Spartans are like. They're, they're just relentless. They won't let you run up the score if they can avoid it. Uh, Jeff's got them well drilled down there. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, dangerous himself when he runs. So... All sorts of weapons. I think Allman, uh, honestly, unbelievable pace and a little bit of dipping as well. So I love him. He's a great weapon. Uh, Beckford, really talented wide receiver. Uh, they're, they're all, I think they're all going to cause the Titans some issues. But again, as I've already said, don't need to go back over it. Titans have got some really good players. They can't be underestimated. Um, it's going to be a tight one. But I'm going to say the Titans are going to come out on top. But... Again, I can see it going either way, so it wouldn't surprise me if the Spartans come out and win, but I'll put my money on the Titans for this one. Following that, the Spartans go out on the field again against the Cardiff Hurricanes. I think this is the first time the Spartans have played in the season, so they're going to know very quickly what these boys are like uh, in game time. It, it's it's different level. Won't go into the Hurricanes again too much. They're on fire. Uh, I think they're pretty much unstoppable. 
I can see the Cardiff Hurricanes winning this one. Spars are going to put up points, not going to make it easy. Of course, they've been here, they've done that. It's going to be a good game, but Cardiff will have it in the end, I believe. And last but not least, Cardiff Hurricanes versus the North Ants Titans. I believe the first game, Cardiff came out on top. Cardiff topped 60-plus points. And the Titans scored a very respectable 30-plus. I think it was 62-32 or something along those lines. Um, Which is really... I mean, all right, you can argue it's 30-point difference. But with the rate that people are going against Cardiff for the amount they're scoring and the amount they're not allowing teams to score, Titans did themselves justice, to be honest with you. And I can see it happening again. I think they're going to put up points. They're not going to make it easy. No one is, you know. We're in the Premier. You know, we're all going to give it as much as we can. But I just think Cardiff have just got the edge at the moment over the rest of the teams in the division. Are they going to win? Whether it'll be by a 30-point margin, I don't know. But I do see the Hurricanes winning it and winning it comfortably. And I believe that is it for the game week number two. Um, And we will see you on the field. Hi and welcome to the Southwest Conference Division 1A Game Day Week 1 Review. My name's Dale Davis, I'm the Grant Gators head coach. And today I'm joined by Paul Labette, the head coach of the Swansea Hammerheads. Hi Dale. Later on we'll look at the Game Day 2 and matchups to, to look out. Back to Game Day 1. First games of the day saw our respective teams, Paul, battle it out with your Hammerheads coming out on top 12-8. How do you feel your team did overall? Uh, I think we just did enough. Um, Dale, I think uh, we started well with, uh, with some good uh, good drives and scored some points. Uh, I think I think for the overall game, uh, our defence had a good game. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, uh, we, got, we got out in front and we just about held on. Um, it was... Uh, uh, quite a surprise uh, for us, um, a bit like a bit like last year, um, you know, beating being one of the one of the form teams and one of the favourites. So it seems to be a uh, a repeat this year. So um, yeah, I, I, to, to say the team were pleased, uh, I think it's probably an understatement. And we did manage to get our mojo back together a little bit before the handshake, didn't we? Yeah, um, from trying not to be uh, totally biased here, but. Yeah, our lot. Uh, I think we came in a little bit too relaxed and. We didn't perform. I mean, I think I think the score rep- replicates that. We we haven't scored that lower of points in a game <laughs> until the following game uh, in a fair few games. So, you know, that's credit to your defence and us not adjusting to it. Admittedly, as we, we have discussed uh, before recording, we were a, a loose flag away from taking the lead late in the game, but it was the right call. It was what it was. And yeah, I mean... In hindsight, it's a deserved twelve-eight win to you. And, it's, uh, and, it, and we are we are, we are, we are halfway to, to equaling our uh, our score uh, our wins for, for last year. So <laughs> a good a good start. But yeah, no, it was um I, I was pleased again. It was a it was a uh, a game played in in good spirit. Uh, a lot of good sort of banter, uh, and uh, yeah, no, it bodes bodes well for the season. Okay, and then on the opposite field at the same time, the extra Falcons were playing the Plymouth Wolverines in the Battle of Devon. And the Falcons posted a 41-13 win, sort of setting up their stall for the season and sort of setting the bar as well. Yeah, I think um, I think it was a, a, another game where um, Paul Hindle sort of, uh, I think he had a, 
was it records on the day for for uh, for, for Exeter? Uh, certainly in terms of his um, numbers of uh, numbers of touchdowns. Yeah, and Joe, Joe clearly is uh, um, you know he's he's picking up from the the southwest uh, and uh, uh, you know did a, a fabulous job at Q, QB for Exeter. That I didn't see much of Exeter on Saturday. I think it was um, the third game where we actually didn't have a game. Uh, I was helping one of our guys uh, run run the line for whatever the other third game was. It escapes me at the moment. And I happened to glance over to the opposite field just to see Joe on about his five-yard line launching a 40-yard pass. In, and the wind, uh, as you will attest, was pretty bad for passing in. Yeah. Uh, a lovely 40-yard pass down the field that just overled uh, Paul Hindle. And I, I, I thought, fair play, that was a lovely pass. So, yeah, I mean, uh, with the change with Lewis going to defence only and Joe uh, assuming the mantle of QB, uh, it'll be interesting going forward, but the the results on the day suggest that uh, it's a positive move anyway. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, but again, we were, we were on the other pitch, so we can't we can't say too much more than that. And then uh, move on to the second lot of games, which saw uh, the Falcons, again, uh, playing Swindon. They posted a shutout win this time, 26-0. Whilst we were on the other field, uh, that's the Gators, uh, playing Western in what what I think would be best described as a, a defensive tussle uh, with us coming at the wrong end of a seven nil uh, loss. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been I've been impressed by um, Western in, in what I've seen uh, of them. We played one game early on with a sort of weakened squad, but they, uh, you know, they are uh, they're a very strong team uh, and uh, well organised, uh, even for a, a rookie team. And uh, no, they they're going to be ones to watch this season. I mean, I I don't want this to sound like it possibly is going to sound to Western. So my apologies in advance, Western. Um, when you actually look at them, they they've got like Sam, uh, the number ten, the plays blitz uh, very quick, give us a lot of trouble in that game, especially the second half. But overall, you look at the team play, and aside from one or two little plays. There's nothing amazingly special that stands out about them, but you hit the nail on the head. I, I think they, they're quite well drilled. Uh, they execute well, and nearly every play they're gaining five, six, seven, eight yards. Uh, and that, that makes a difference, as you well know. You, you only need an excellent yards per play, over eight plays to get a touchdown every drive. So, you know, what they do, they're very good at. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's, a, bit, it's, a, bit, it's a bit more than that, because on, on defence, to get, to get uh, zero points against you on the day, uh, against uh, against a couple of teams, uh, uh, you know, experienced teams, um, you know, shows you know they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, I, I don't mean. No, to no, I didn't, I didn't mean that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't see either of their games. I'm going on the numbers and their faces on the chat afterwards. <laughs> so, it, without a doubt, there was an element of their defense gave our offense problems, but also uh, being brutally honest, and I've already spoke to all guys about it. Uh, some of the um, the play selection, the, the passes, and the drops uh, absolutely killed us. I mean, the amount of times we went four and out uh, against West, and it was nil-nil at the half. Do you know what I mean? It was a real defensive tussle. But we didn't help ourselves. Uh, but credit to Western, they stopped us getting in the end zone all game. And you do that, you know, you, you're going to win games. Yeah. On the, on the um, if I roll back to the, the other game, the, the, the Swindon Exeter game, I, I think Swindon are unlucky. They, they had a number of times yeah, they came, the yeah, day, they yeah. came, they came very, very close to, uh, uh, to, to scoring. James and, and Luke particularly um, putting the, 
putting connections together a, a lot. Um, I think just generally, though, um, too many drops uh, let them down uh, in that game. And Exeter, again, um, you know, whilst not, not quite hitting the same highlights uh, as the other games, they think they stood enough. Uh, they, you know, they had some good drives, nice solid play. And again, Paul, was, uh, Paul and, and Nick were, were out there uh, you know, outstanding again. I mean, well, I'm assuming you were involved in the ref in that game, were you? Uh, yes, I was. Uh, <laughs> That's why I went, because I was on the other pitch. I didn't see much of that oh, game. Oh, right. So. I, thought, I thought that was a loaded question. Me and Barry uh, were... were uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know questions. I'll just come out and say it all. <laughs> no, I, I did catch some of Swindon's third game, because like I said, I was helping one of our guys ref. Um, or was it a fourth game? I can't remember. But yeah, the they looked... From what I saw, improved from last oh, year. Definitely, definitely, they they were. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. And the the, the scoreline and the result surprised me a little. And you know, it, it, maybe it was wrong with me, but you know, possibly had a oh, same old Swindon. But then when I actually saw them play, they played much better than even when we played them back last October. You know, it seemed that they were they were playing to a better level. So hopefully, you know, they'll be a bit more competitive this year. Um. Definitely, and they, and they only brought six on the day, so it was a quite a long day for them so um uh yeah that shows um uh, sort of promise okay so we move on to the, the third set of games i didn't realize this was the score until i was putting in the stats at the evening uh you run exeter very close uh narrowly losing 26 25 we'll we'll come back to that game in a sec but i just want to mention that the other third game was plymouth against western Westland posted another shutout victory. I mean, it, it, it kind of shows that it wasn't a fluke against us, but it was a tad more comfortable that time. Uh, beating Plymouth 32 zip. Uh, so let, let's go back to your Swansea Exeter game. That suggests a real nip and tuck game. Was it Was it as close as the uh, score suggested? Uh, yeah, I, I think, again, Exeter um, were, were, were excellent. We, um, we, we at times um, sort of struggled to contain them. So they, they jumped out to an early lead, a couple of touchdowns up, and then I think we, um, we brought it back much to their surprise. Um, I think they finished, uh, they finished the half stronger. So they, they, in virtually no time at all, uh, marched down the pitch and picked up a touchdown to sort of go in with the lead. Um, and then again, after the after the half, they pushed it out to a couple of touchdowns clear. But we we did we did manage to um, to, to bring it back. Our defense managed to really get a little bit more uh, more control. Uh, and probably the highlight for me was was Harley uh, at the back of the end zone, uh, sort of Randy Mossing uh, Lewis to to, to to steal a touchdown, uh, which which everyone was everyone was pleased with. Um, Again, we, we we you know we struggle to score extra points, so uh, which is which is a bit odd, but um, you know uh, we just we didn't get those extras, uh, which which made the difference. Uh, I think on balance, um, you know it's a fair result. Um, that they they were a stronger team, uh, uh, but again, I think uh, you know in another day, uh, maybe maybe it would have been uh, it would have been ours. Um, but um, I think great play. Uh, from uh, on our side of the ball, I think great play from uh, Ashley uh, Ashley Lewis on on your QB. Um, Harley had a great uh, a great game with with three touchdowns, uh, which is you know he was our quarterback last year, and you know he was our best wide receiver that we were playing at quarterback last year. So this year we've got some um, better catching out there. Um, and David Camp has joined us from Plymouth uh, in, the, in the, at the end of last year, and uh, you know, he's brought a bit of fun. The guys have fun playing. The whole thing about playing the game is, you know, he's, he's out there 
uh, and um, you know we're, we're moving forward with two different personalities on offense and defense, which is which is which is uh, which is really good. But um, yeah, we still we still have yet to work out um, Joe's uh, funny sort of. Uh, you know, hand off, not hand off. Some of those kind of plays that extra have got, so that they've got some, um, they've got some good, good plays in their locker, which which are at times difficult to, difficult to fathom. Yeah, you mentioned that. I, I seen, I did notice it on Saturday, but they, he did it a lot when we played him in the Southwest series, where he kind of like runs to the running back, and they both hold on to the ball as they move in towards the line of scrimmage while he's looking <laughs> downfield. Yeah, I do fair. I think I, think, I don't think I don't think the RB actually actually. Touches so so whilst it looks like it's a handoff, it's not a handoff. So it was um we don't don't have any problems. It was uh it was uh it was well played. And as you say, he's got a great arm, and it's difficult to actually pin down. So I think probably for us, he was the he was the standout player against us. Um, uh, yeah, I think um don't dwell too much on 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 that. Uh, over to you. Okay. Um. So lastly, the final games of the day. Um, so your Hammerheads draw with Swindon, twenty-six all. Yeah, um, that that was very much a nip and tuck. It was, uh, it, it was uh, each, t- you know, it was nothing more, never, never more than really than I think a touchdown between the two teams, um, uh, with us being ahead at times and, and Swindon being ahead. Uh, you know, some big ref calls in, in, in that one, uh, and you know, I think. Uh, it, yeah, it, it, I think we talked about previously. When it if it comes down to a sort of uh, you know a, a judgment call from the ref, then it probably means that between us we've 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 executed not well enough to actually put enough distance between us and our opponents. But um, you know we'll, we'll take the draw in this instance. But uh, I think Swindon were were, were, were you know were very good. Uh, at, at, you know, times particularly at James sort of QB and, and Luke is uh, extremely slippery. Well, I am going to put you on the spot, yep. Paul. Um, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, yep. um, but given the other results on the day for both your squads, yep. um, did you expect a draw against Swindon? Going in, considering you you give, looking at the scoreline, you give Exeter everything they can handle. Um, you beat, as you mentioned, you know, one of the form teams, I use the, the air quotes for that, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the favoured teams coming into this tournament as, uh, as new new teams, uh, you know, you, you had to be confident going in, I would have thought, uh, maybe unfairly, uh, that you'd be able to handle Swindon. Um, I think, I think we're, we're, we're always, we're always confident that if we, you know, if we sort of get it, get it together, we can, um, we can give these guys, these guys a game, but we and I'd ref the Swindon game. Uh, I think they were unlucky to get the score on they had against Exeter. So we, we knew that they were quite potent on offence. And, and last year it was the same. We'd, you know, we beat Exeter in the first game and lost to Swindon in the second game. So, you know, we don't, we don't underestimate anyone. You know, we beat them in one game, but they beat us in a game. Uh, and, and they beat us again in the friendly at the kind of end of the, uh, end of the summer. So, you know, it's a... a I think I think we're quite sort of evenly evenly matched uh, at, at times. It just it just who turns up who turns up to play. So um, yeah, um, we also there's a, there's a little bit of a. I think we're still not used to three games in a game day. So you know we are we are relative sort of rookies, uh, and keeping the focus it can be difficult um, sometimes. And then last game um, we'll touch briefly on it. Yep. Um, the Gators finally getting in the W column of the season, beating Plymouth twenty one six. Uh, and ironically, it was scheduled this way as well that our backup QB was going to play that game regardless to get him some reps. 
and put in a stellar performance and as such as putting a bit of pressure on the starting QB now, which is going to make some interesting dynamics in training the next few weeks. But again, a Plymouth, some new players, some same old players as well with uh, Baz and Yayan. But whilst I think ultimately the 21-6 flattered us a little, I hope I don't offend them by saying I think we overall we were the better team in that game. But it, it wasn't a 21-6 game and we had a pick six just towards the end. It, it, it was a tough old game. You know, they didn't give it up easy in fairness to them. And only travelling, I think they had seven or eight guys and two or three of them were newbies. So, you know, we were happy to get on the on the, the stat sheets and uh, get a, a win in the uh, season, right? But, and I know, I know Plymouth, some of Plymouth's scores were a bit, you know, they had a, a temp in a little bit against Exeter, but I don't think, you know, that the score really does them justice in that game. No, no. I mean, I, again, I was on the other pitch, so I, I didn't get to see them see them play. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we, we expect to have some um, tough games against them, Um when we play them later in the season, yeah, they, they, they for all the the newbies and they, they like you mentioned they lost David, um, so they have lost a few players and there was a couple of guys that I remember from last year that weren't they know whether they've moved on or whether they weren't available that game day I'm not sure, uh, but obviously they they were a little bit light and having some new guys and, and sort of blood in them, uh, but like I said they still got a bit of experience in the squad so they, they're not going to be an easy team to beat, no. No. Anyway, they left the table looking like this after game day one. Uh, Exeter three from three and top. Uh, Western two from two. Excellent game for uh, excellent game day for Western to be fair to them. Uh, and this second, you guys, Paul Swansea, one win, one tie, and one loss. And your third, the Gwent Gators, one win, two losses, and we're fourth. Swindon with no wins, one tie, and one loss at fifth, and then Plymouth with no wins from three and propping up the table. So as we look towards game day two, which is the 27th of April, and it's hosted by yourselves, yep. uh, down in, uh, as uh, was once famously reported, a pretty shitty city. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Sorry, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have already set, set all the dates and places out. Yep. Um, we're, we're, uh, we're at Swansea West for, for, for that one. So we're on the outskirts of the city to give everyone a chance of not getting stuck, uh, being snarled up going through Swansea uh, on a Saturday. And, and- and a, and a nice later start to, to the uh, Exeter and Plymouth boys can have an extra hour. Well, to, to be honest, it's it's uh, you know it's a long old trip from Plymouth to, to, to Swansea. I, I know I know various teams in the league do make some mega mega journeys, but um, you know if we don't need to start um, you know ridiculously early. We, you know we, we decided not to, so that it's a, you know everyone everyone's fresh for when we play. So yeah, I've got some choice matchups here uh, yep. for the next game. Do you have any in mind before I launch into mine? Uh, well, I, I'm looking forward to the rematch with Exeter because I think I think we'll have a few more guys uh, in the squad being that being the home day, and, and they'll be they'll be away. Uh, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see um, whether we can um, whether we can better than this time. So that's uh, that's good, and we and we we always have good games with them. That they they play. Um, Physical, but it's uh, it, you know it's a uh, it's kind of chatty and smiley after, so that, that that's good. Um, I think uh, I think your I've got I've got your match against the, uh, the the Falcons again, which I think is is going to be a if you're going to get your season back on track uh, for the Gators, then um, you know that's that's the game you need to do it with the, the top of the table team. Um, and uh, and another one that I'm you know specifically looking forward to is it's testing ourselves against Western again because again I think 
Uh, I think they're going to be in the mix at the end of the season, and, and if we want to progress as a team, you know, they're the kind of team that we, we need to uh, we need to beat. Well, yeah, you wiped out three of the five I had, so <laughs> I won't spend too much time. But yeah, the extra the Swansea rematch, uh, and like you said, slightly role reversal in terms of you being at home and, uh, as you mentioned, open having a home days. You always tend to have the the part timers weedle their way out of the woodwork to turn up for a game. Um, uh, well, it's it's um, more that it's more that there's a, there's a few workers that that might be able to get a game in before uh, before they work and, and various other things because uh, you know to be honest we do we do struggle with every every game day you know for for good reasons but every good every game day in this division is on a Saturday which does mean that we get some some players that can't can't make every game day. Yeah, we we've lost our starting wide receiver for the first two game days because of his work yeah. patterns. It sucks, but it is what yep. it is. You know, finances before football, sadly. I also had you guys against Western. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Western, I think they said they were hoping to have a few more in the squad. I think there was some com- other commitments to uh, other sports. Yes, other sports exist outside of football. Oh, you're, coming, you're coming to Wales, so rugby's, uh, rugby is a valid excuse. <laughs> yeah. Um, w- w- that, let's not mention Judgment Day. That's the bane <laughs> of my life at the moment. Um, I've also highlighted our rematch with Western. I you know, I think some of the guys in the squad feel that again, the first two games against yourselves and against Western, we didn't perform as we'd like to and as we'd hope to. Uh, and I, I think they're hoping to sort of put that right with the, the second game against Western uh, bouncing up so quick. And you mentioned uh, Esther against the Gators. Uh, and all I've written here, uh, if we want a challenge for promotion, it's a game we have to win. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, and, as I said in our sort of um, pre-season preview, that if any team finishes above Exeter, I think they'll have won the league. And the way Exeter have started, I think that statement holds true. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but I have got one last one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like terminate this term, but the battle at the bottom, where the, the two winless teams uh, thus far, Swindon and Plymouth, face off. So, yes, there's the possibility of a tie, but hopefully by the end of this game, there will only be one team without a win. At, at worst, at worst. Uh, I, I'm all for competitive teams. As much as I want I want our guys to win every game they we play in, I want a competitive league. Yeah, I think I think um I, I think it's it's gonna be much uh much more of a level uh table this year. There was certainly uh you know, one team that was formed that, that romped away with it last year and, and a few of us towards the bottom. This year I think I think they're gonna be a lot more um teams you know, beat, beating each other as we proved with our with our game versus Exeter. You know, we, we you know we can play up at times. Uh, you know, the, so there there is certainly, you know, we were slated by I think it was flag flag game football world as a as a possible three and thirteen season. Um, I, yeah. I think I think I think we're going to better that. Um, just just by having a bit more experience. I certainly don't see um, Swindon being a, a lower set of numbers as that because. I think I think they've got a few other players out there, and I think if they if they caught more of the balls that James put in their hands, they certainly would have uh, would have got a lot more points. Um, so yeah, um, and I, I I can't tell you about sort of Plymouth because I haven't seen them yet, but I, I can't see them going as uh, you know without without picking up wins. So I think it's going to be a lot closer. Yeah, I I think for Plymouth it's um, how many they travel with because I. It, like you said, it is a trek. I know it's a trek for us as well, but with the what I'm understanding is the sort of smaller pool of players this year, 
plus their availability with work and with families and whatnot, how many travel, that could dictate this was just a lot. I'll try again. Success. Uh, on the next game day, can I um can I just add in one thing? We've we've we talked we've talked all about offenses in all of our sort of uh, looking back and looking forward. Uh, just a big uh, a big sort of hand for uh, for Ed picking up four uh, four interceptions for for Exeter and Kalen from Mohammed picking up three at the weekend. And and I would not be allowed to go to training if I didn't mention uh, David Camp, our, our captain, uh, leading the league in sacks at the moment. So uh, or sharing it with. Um, Sharing it with uh, Sam uh, from the from the supers. So um, yeah, so big big shout out for the uh, for the. Uh, um, this is the, the I mean the, the the stats on the the new um, League Republic site. It's uh, certainly been a, a lot of interest from the team. What's the uh, sack count, David? John? He's on four. He's on four four with a tackle for loss, and Sam's on four uh, just four. So right. All right. Well, I'm going to be biased and take this moment then. Um, We've got Andy on three, uh, and with the safety. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, and Andy put in a great performance for us for his first game as well. But, yeah, I mean, the, the stats, I mean, <laughs> as I spoke, to Stu- I spoke to Stuart from Flag Football World, they said, everyone loves the stat associated with the name, generally, unless you're a quarterback and it's interception. <laughs> they tend not to be so keen, then. Yeah. Do, 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 do you want to end with Pat's stats? Is that is that the tagline that your guys use? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Seems you reference there. I may as well mention it. Um, <laughs> the the tall and the short of it is, it's a bit of a inside joke, if you like, in our squad that uh, a lot of our safeties come, so they 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 just call it this pat downs, and they they demand impacts of stats uh, and bumper <laughs> track pat downs. I said they don't fuck these chance. They don't track tackles. You got no chance of pat downs. <laughs> oh dear, right. Right. I think that that about wraps it up for me, Paul. Do you have anything further to add before we um? Bid everybody adieu. Um, no, no. It's, um, thanks, Dale. Sorry, it's been a bit. Um, it's uh, on the newbie, uh, and we've probably talked a lot about our teams. And I'm probably going to get rubbish by my team for not saying the right things. But, but thank you very much for the invite. Much appreciated. Not a problem. Thank you for joining. Thank you guys for listening. Hope we haven't taken up too much of your um, listening pleasure today. That's it from us. I'll be back, maybe with another guest. Maybe you'll just have to put up with me for the Game Day 2 review. I'm looking forward to Game Day 3. Thank you very much and we will speak to you soon. So we're back with South East A. It's week two. Uh, we'll go through week one. Back with Steve Podmore. We'll go from the bottom of the league and we'll work our way up. So we'll start with the Lincoln Longhorns, 0-3 on the day, but not a bad run by them. I mean, they lost to the Panthers by three points, then they played us and lost 40-28, lost to the Cougars 42-26. They seem to be quite a decent team, despite their, for want of a better word, lack of experience as a team. But I, I would definitely not say they're a, a rookie team. No, I, I didn't think that at all. I, I saw them when we started playing them. I, I remember very clearly the first drive. We realised straight away that Cameron has, has definitely got some really big experience as a quarterback. You could see him, which you don't always see it in flag. He was making reads and you can tell he's come from a kitted background because he, he was reading the the full receiver and he was picking the right player. And we had to adjust our defence quite quickly, um, and which eventually told for us and helped us win the game. But you, you could see he's he's got a lot of experience and, and they had some really decent plays. And clearly they had that in the other games as well. 
So no, they're, they're certainly not a rookie team and they will be a force as they get settled into you know, the vagaries and the differences that there are in, in flag. So next week they've got uh, the Cougars ladies and the Leicester Huntsman. Do you see them picking up their first win? Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to pick them to just edge out the Huntsman. The Huntsman seem a bit more in transition than I, than I thought from, from what we've seen in the first two games. I didn't actually see them really playing. Um, I don't think they'll be able to keep up with the firepower of the ladies, to be honest. Uh, and certainly what we saw last week, again, we didn't see them play because we were on opposite pitches and refing a different game. But with, with two 40-plus point outings in their first two games, I doubt that the firepower is going to disappear and therefore I would expect the ladies to beat them, beat them but I, I think they'll edge out the Huntsman and that'll be where their first win will come from. We mentioned the Huntsman. They went 0-1-1 on the day. They lost to the Cougars 38-13 and then drew with the Cougars ladies in a massive score in 46 all. I mean, I predicted last week that the Cougars ladies would beat the Huntsman you went with the Huntsman, and you know, not even they could decide with a 46-all game. Yeah, well, it was the tie that was coming. It just they picked the wrong teams, didn't they? Um, I clearly get the win for that because I'm, I'm more of a nerd than you, and uh, I knew it would be a high-scoring game. So. I think we'll, we'll split the points on this one, then. <laughs> uh, week two, the Leicester Huntsman play the Pouncers, the Longhorns, and the Raccoons. Again, do you see them getting their first win that week? Yeah, I'm sure they will. Um they're not going to beat us, clearly. That's fighting talk, by the way, just so you know. So no one calls me out on it at the game day because that's usually what happens. But yeah, we'll, we'll beat them. Um, what were the other two games they've got? Uh, the Panthers and the Longhorns. Yeah, I think, I think they'll probably, experience-wise, they'll, they'll probably um, pull one of those wins. Obviously, I've picked them to lose to the, Pan, to the, um, to the long run, so it'll be the other game that they'll they'll win. So then we've got we move on to the raccoons, uh, one and two on the day. Lost to the Panthers, thirty three thirty one. I mean, last season we played these guys in the league, and they scored over fifty points against us, and we barely replied. This season, and I'll admit this, it was a poor read on my part to finish off the game, and we lost the game thirty three thirty one. Definitely an improvement on last season. Yeah, I I think so. I think we talked about it before, and I think you do yourself a bit of a disservice. We we were we were driving to basically win the game. Uh, you know, if we'd taken care of the extra points, for example, we would have been slightly ahead. It would have been a different thing there. And I think we just we just forced into it. And I think you struggle sometimes because of the midgets that we have, and you clearly didn't see the six foot three uh, linebacker in the way of one of our shorter guys, and you just you know. You know you just hit him, didn't you? But let, let's be honest, we managed to get those extra points in play. And to be fair to the, to the Panthers, we kind of weren't sure what we were going to see, but they, they turned up with a very big squad. Um, Tom um, marshaled them at quarterback brilliantly. We, we just we kept trying to adjust, didn't we? And every time we adjusted, they went and scored again. They, they were driving on us all the time. Um, so, you know, they were really, really good. Uh, but say, take care of our extra points a bit and we might have been edging it and you wouldn't have had to be in a position of trying to make something happen with, you know, inside two minutes. And obviously uh, no sight of the elusive Connor Barron yet. Didn't need him, did they, in that respect? Uh, again, we didn't see them play against the, the Cougar ladies where they, they did get beaten quite a bit. Um, so again, I, I don't know where that happened, but certainly from what we saw, exactly what we expected, wasn't it? A decent outfit, um, decent plays, um, good players all over the field, a lot of speed, 
certainly watching Tom throw a couple of the fades and the deep passes on us and uh, over the top of our defence, it was it was it was some, there was some good stuff there. I'm sure they they're certainly going to do better than they were predicted to. So moving on to the, the rest of our games, we beat the Longhorns forty twenty eight and then lost to the Cougars forty three twenty. Next week, we play the Cougars, Ladies and the Huntsman. Uh, as you said, you've already picked us out to, to beat the Huntsman. I'm going to put you on the spot here as well, Cougars, Ladies as well. You said you wouldn't. I, I don't know. I said that with the Cougar Ladies, it, it's the points they're scoring. It's fantastic. And again, as we've said already, haven't, we haven't seen what they're doing this year. And clearly something uh, is, is there to be generating that kind of firepower is, is amazing, isn't it? Uh, Two different teams over forty points on both. It's my team, so I'm going to say that we'll we'll beat them. It'll be forty seven, forty six. I mean, there was no way with what's coming up this weekend, as in like the the Cougars use team and me trade and make me in the Cougars area on every Sunday as well. There's no way I was going to say anything about that one. But we will move on to the that Cougars ladies now. I might be at the weekend, so um, I've got the same problem. If this goes out before that, I might get lynched. We'll go to the Cougars ladies. They went 1-0-1. Obviously, drew with the Huntsman and then beat the Panthers by 10 points. Yeah, brilliant yeah. stuff. We knew they were good. We, we certainly said they would win some games, didn't we? Um, it's always hard to pick which games. And, you know, the Panthers was a good win. Uh, again, I expected teams with a bit more size, as I've said before, to, to maybe hold them in check a bit. And that didn't happen, did it? I mean, they've got half the wins that the flag football world have predicted them. Um then they say they've got the Cougars, the Longhorns and the Raccoons. I'll, I'll put my neck on line on this one and I'll say that the Cougars ladies will probably beat the Longhorns this week. I don't think they'll be able to beat the Cougars. Obviously, I'm not going to say they're going to beat us. But yeah, I, I think that a, a Cougars ladies Longhorns game could be another win for them. But we'll move on to the Panthers. 2-1, uh, and one, obviously beat us. Beat the Longhorns, but only by three points, and then lost to the Cougars ladies. You just said that they've done some great recruitment. And then they played the Cougars mixed team and the Huntsman in week two. In my mind, a game to watch there would be week two, they'd be the Cougars one against the Panthers. Who have you got to win this one? I kind of want to go with the Panthers. It's hard to explain. It's more just the way that they just managed to beat us well. And you just wonder if it's about matchup sometimes and the type of defence we see. Um, I'd be interested to see how they do against that. You know, we all know the Cougars men are superb and we saw it firsthand, didn't we? Um, although, as we know ourselves, we, we kind of gave up a, a really disappointing touchdown with nine seconds remaining on a massive pass, which would have had us going into the, the half quite level and maybe it would have been a little bit tighter in the second half. I can just see the Panthers maybe being a bit of an awkward team to play for them. I'll have to come back to me on it. I, but I, I, at the moment, I'll give an edge to the Panthers and it's pure and simple, just a gut feeling. Just something in there that I think they might uh, find a way to pull it out. So we move on to the Cougars, unbeaten in their first game day and winning every game by around 20 points as well. They played the Cougars ladies and the Cov Panthers in week two. Do you see a bit of pressure in the Cougars ladies game? Yeah, I mean, I said before the season, I thought that the girls might might pull one out and beat them. Having seen them against us, as I say, just think they might have found that consistency that we thought they would have anyway. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to tell. Again, it's, it's hard because we haven't really seen, although we were at the game day, we haven't seen several of the teams playing because we were doing other things at the time we were on pitch. So I haven't seen what 
the Cougar ladies were doing. I certainly saw what uh, the Panthers did to us. Uh, sorry, the Cougars and the Panthers did to us. Um, and I, th I just, yeah, probably the Cougars overall will beat the, the ladies, um, which I wasn't so convinced about a couple of weeks ago, but I think I think they probably will. You say you mentioned consistency there. 19 hey, touchdowns hey. thrown by Ben, 11 of them to Kieran. Is it a case of if Kieran's not there, they might struggle, or do you think they have the backup there available? No, they're not. They're not going to struggle if he's not there. I mean, clearly, he's he's one of these elite players and he's superb. But Ben, you've got to give Ben credit. I mean, I, obviously, we we played him and I, I was there blitzing sometimes for him. I was on the defense watching him playing it. And the thing is, the ball comes out. It's in a good spiral all the time. Although Kieran's got to catch that ball as well. Uh, what I did notice, and I said to you to you earlier in at the game day, is just the way the ball comes out. It's it's almost catchable wherever he puts it. He's very good with his positioning and placement of the ball. And I was really, really impressed with what I saw. Kieran, yeah, he's he's unbelievable, his pace um, and, and, again, his ability to catch difficult balls. Uh, and we saw it a bit. It was like with the NBA jam. We were saying he, he sort of got hotter and hotter and hotter until he was completely on fire. And there was a spell of, what, 10 minutes in the game where he kind of just threw everything towards Kieran and it didn't matter where it was he was catching it coming down with it it was it was unbelievable but no I mean yes he's clearly a really good player but don't underestimate how good Ben is as well and what he's capable of doing and, and as I say we saw it firsthand I mean I'm trying not to say too much about the Cougars the, the Cougars mixed team I did get told off by uh, by Ben's mum for picking on him too much so I'll leave that one for now we'll go on to week two predictions first one Cougars Panthers I mean, you said a minute ago that you edge it towards the Panthers. Are you sticking with that one? I didn't realise that was the game we'd picked. Damn. Uh... I mean, honestly, I, I think that although the Panthers are a good squad, and I think they will be out to sort of push everything back from the Cougars ladies game and only just beating the Longhorns, I, I can see the Cougars edging this one. I'm going to say it'll be a one-score game sort of thing, but it will, I think the Cougars will just take this one. Yeah, I, th I think now as I've talked it through, although I do like the pants and I do like what I saw last week, I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be silly not to go with the Cougars because there is that firepower uh, and just that division, Premier Division experience that's going to probably push them through. So, yeah, close game, but I'll go with the Cougars myself. Obviously, we're going to have to predict one of our games. So we're going to go Raccoons versus Huntsman. Last season, we played them twice in the Baffer League. It was one all. I mean, it'd be great if, if Neil Weimer could step on the pitch, even if it's just one play, so I can get another win over him and try and even up the score. But so I'm obviously going to go for the Raccoons on this one. How do you see it going? Well, I thought you were in a competition with Neil for who could throw the most pick sixes, and you're clearly leading. And with him off now, you're you're going to hold that. I, I think he was scared of the challenge. Yeah. So, um, I think I think we're going to be able to beat the Huntsmen. Uh, as we say, we didn't really get a chance to see them last time. Um, I do believe our offensive improvements and, and changes that we're doing, and there's still more to come. Um, we will have hopefully Shea back this week as well. So that's another string to our bow um so no I, I think we'll be able to score enough points to keep the huntsman uh, down and we'll we'll win that and last game we're going to predict then lincoln longhorns versus the cougars ladies 
Obviously, Longhorns are 0-3, but they do have a lot of talent in there. I think they just, it may have been lack of experience as a team, gelling together. It may just have been in like a first game day nerve sort of thing. But I think the amount of experience that the ladies have got and taken into account that they'll be definitely pumped up after beating the Panthers, I'm going to give it to the Cougars ladies on this one. Yeah, we're going the same way, aren't we? I think um, I didn't realise till I was on the field last week. I played against Cameron, or he played against us when we were the Jets in the in the kitted years and years ago. So that that does explain why uh, we've seen how good he is as a quarterback. Um, I think for him, for them, the interesting thing will be we we managed to flush him a lot, and you, I saw a lot of him having to to throw from running almost out of bounds on the sideline. I think you remember there was a couple of plays like that, which. Uh, certainly put him off. Um, I think the Cougars will ha- harry him again. They've got real good uh, pace at Blitzer and, and obviously on the offensive side of things, they're, they're very strong. So I'm, I'm going for a, a quite a decent-sized win for um, for the Cougar ladies. Let's have a quick look at the uh, the predictions from last week. We, we went for uh, the Raccoons to beat the Cougars. Obviously, that didn't quite go to plan. Uh the Panthers Longhorns, you went for the Panthers, I went for the Longhorns, and unfortunately you got that one right. And then I predicted the ladies to win, you predicted the Huntsman to win. And I was right. And it was a draw on that one, so... I mean, technically you've got a... I'll, I'll give you half a point lead on this one. Oh, but, that's a full point lead. I had the Panthers. My old boys came through. Tom. We'll, we'll call it <laughs> half a point. It's one point. So, yes. So, hopefully, we'll be back after week two. Hopefully, a bit eight more, a few more wins in the column. So, we're taking a look at the MEC West. We have George and Sean from the Cheshire Cavaliers. We'll have a quick look at the standings from just after week one, and we'll start from the bottom. Unfortunately, that is you guys. Not a good day to start with. No, not at all. Tough, uh, tough old week. But game day two is essentially a, uh, an opportunity to pick it back up and put some more points on the board and hopefully get that first win of the season. And I'll be back as well because I missed uh, game day one, so I'm uh, hungry for it. So, so you'll be the the missing link in all these wins then. I, I, I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting my words on to now. But yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to it. You can't take it back now. Um, <laughs> the Warrington Revolution Cogs and the Oldham Owls in week two. Do you see yourself getting your first win of the season? I If we do, it'll be a huge achievement because as we saw from week one and you know, as we already know, both are really, really good teams. Um, but all told, and I'm, I can directly quote myself from last week's, I think anyone can be anyone on their day. So hopefully this weekend is our day. So I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here for your first one. It's you guys against the Cogs. Who's going to win it? Of, of all the games, I think that's the game that we can win. I think we have an opportunity to um, to play our best game against Warrington. You know, we, we, We've established that they've got a lot of depth in their squad. Um you know, we know we can put points up against just about anyone, unless it's the uh, Chili Buccaneers. 
And yeah, I think that's, that is our opportunity for for a win. That's also like no disrespect to uh, Warrington compared to Oldham, but if you look at last week's stats, Oldham put up some significant numbers compared to Warrington as well. So it'd probably be our most likely game to win, like Sean says. But they're both very, very good teams. We'll move up on the table and we'll look at the Wirral Vikings. Again, a winless game day for them. And they have, they've got, they've got Chorley Buccaneers. They've got the Oldham Owls. Do you see them getting their first win on game day too? I think if they're going to come up with a win, it's, um, it would certainly be against a team like uh, Chorley. Um, but I don't suspect it will be an easy day for them. I don't suspect it's going to be an easy season for them, but you know, it never is. The, the first season's generally speaking always the toughest. It's just about you know finding the feet. We we as we know they can score. They you know that's the reason they're above us in the league. The the points di- score difference you know speaks volumes. But I think it will be a tough day for them. I mean, they're the, probably the toughest game will be against Oldham. And I, I, I'm guessing I'm going to go with, with you. Uh, I know who you're going with, but who do you think is going to win the Wirral Vikings or the Oldham Owls? Come on, George. Oh, it's Oldham for me. It's Oldham Owls for me. Just looking at their the squad they've got in the talent they've got in that squad, uh, definitely older for me. Sean, you in agreement there? Absolutely, one hundred percent. So we'll move up again. We'll go to fourth place. Warrington Revolution Cogs. That's it. One win, one draw, one loss. Not a bad first game for the for the first real step out into the league. Uh, this weekend they've got Cheshire Cavaliers, the Royal Vikings. How do you see those games going? I'd like to say that, you know, we're really going to challenge them for the win. Um, hopefully we can send them home with a loss and maybe a win. You know, maybe maybe Wirral can come up with a shock result and we can send them home with no wins. But, you know, the focus on our game with them is that, you know, we need to hand them a uh, another loss for the season. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be an easy day for them, like, regardless. Because, uh, like we've mentioned, Wirral can put up points. Um, we know they can. They put up points against us. They put up points against everybody else. So it's not necessarily going to be a walkover for them, but it should be some interesting games. We'll go up again and move into third. We've got Chorley Buccaneers, exactly the same record. Uh, the only difference between Chorley and the Cogs is their points difference. Chorley have got the Royal Vikings and the Wigan Bandits. Let's look at the Wigan Bandits game. How do you see that going? Bandits have turned up well driven. They've, um, you know, they've. I don't know what they've done, but their defense is very, very solid. Their um, their offense is moving. Their quarterback knows how to move that ball around the field and, and be very effective when in possession. So, for me, I, I definitely see Wigan taking the win on that game, um, and I, I could see them putting up a good number of points as well because they're they're a pretty ruthless team. To be fair, yeah, I'm in agreement with that. That's a, that's hit the nail on the head. I think with that. Because I played with Wigan uh, over some of the Outlaw League last last year, and even then they were uh, well driven, well well uh, well disciplined on both sides of the ball, and they just seem to got better uh, come to the Baffer season. You both seem to be playing a very safe, uh, agreeing on every prediction here. <laughs> we'll go up again. Oldham Owls, obviously two and zero on the day, and only behind um, Wigan. Mainly because we're going to play one more game. Do you see it finishing that way? I mean, who's going to? Who do you think will finish top of the table between Wigan and Oldham? I mean, having ga- having watched and and played against both of these opponents in the in, in like in the past weeks, 
it's it's pretty abundant that both have got really, really good talent in the squad. It's going to be, definitely be a toss-up between Oldham and Wigan for the um, for the top spot. But I, I actually think that Oldham could pinch it because they've just got like fantastic play designs and there's certain individuals which are you know real game breakers. They can just turn on at any moment and pull out some amazing catches and generally amazing plays. I won't mention no names, but I'm sure I'm sure the people know who they are. I mean, I don't want to put Sean down here, but his predictions in week one weren't the best. <laughs> Wigan, the Wigan Bandits versus the Cavaliers predicted a Wig, um, both predicted a Cavalier win, and then the Owls versus the Cogs. Sean predicted a Cogs win. So, George, let's see who you think will win between Wigan and Oldham in the table. I think what Sean said was was. All well and good, but I think when it comes down to it, I think numbers are going to be a big factor, and I still think we're going to have got more numbers than um, Oldham. I think there could be a game day where Oldham come with maybe one or two injuries, and and like we've, the cows, we know what it's like when you get down to bare minimum of players, and it just doesn't doesn't help. And I think uh, Wigan could just just take it. I think. So looking at week two for you guys, obviously George coming back is, as he said, is going to be the the main influence for you guys. Are you guys ready for week two? I'm about to do the admin after I've recorded this. So um, from an admin perspective, no. Um, from a game perspective, <laughs> you know, we it's quite fortunate that as you push on through the season, you get an opportunity to see what teams are doing. So you can somewhat treat a bit of it like scouting. So we've had an opportunity to see some of the plays that the other teams are using and, you know, work out our plans. So as opposed to game day one, yes, I do think we're better prepared, uh, but I don't for a second believe it's going to be an easy day. All right. Cheers guys. And I will speak to you after week two. Looking forward to it, buddy. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Hey there, it's Rudy here from New Orleans podcast sponsors and the Rotherham Roosters. Look, yeah. <laughs> Just to give you a little overview of what happened in game week one in the MEC East, uh, hosted by Nottingham Bears. Thank you very much, Bears, for hosting. It's very good of you. And great to have some little point. People pointed us in the right direction, which was great. Um, the actual day for the Roosters was pretty difficult in that we had the two relegated Premier teams to contend with, which didn't really go in our favour, but we'll be better equipped next time. And I um, just want to give a shout out to a certain number eight who came to watch us play and gave a few pointers, uh, which helped us out a lot. So shout out that certain number eight. The games that were played for the other teams, there was one, maybe it was a shot, maybe it wasn't, probably not a shot for the, the Bears, but the Bears uh, beat the Newcastle Blackhawks, who were 2-0 at the time, in terms of games won, and the uh, the Bears actually ran out 3-0 winners on the day, so well done to the Bears, congratulations to them. Uh, Leeds Samurai, they did really well as well, apart from beating us, um, they came away 2-0 and uh, the other teams in there 
Whales of Ronin and Vipers Orange and they didn't fare too well but being the first proper game days for them uh, I'm sure they learnt, all learnt a lot and are raring to go for the next set of games so coming up this Saturday we are travelling up to Newcastle um, which will be a bit of a trek especially for that Nottingham team but we're looking forward to that and we think that the toughest game or the most interesting game I should say um, will be the Blackhawks facing off against the Bears again so that should be an interesting one to watch you've got uh, Lee Samurai also playing the Bears so we'll see how, how they fare against each other and then you've got Leeds against Leeds Ronin so a battle of the Leeds franchise playing each other I'm sure that'll be a good good contested match so for me they're the, the pick of the games at the Roosters we've got Ronin and Vipers and we're hoping to to play as hard as we can and obviously do as well as we can and in back up to uh, it would have been uh, three wins and two losses uh, that's the plan we've got anyways so I think that's about it really just keep an eye out on the um, score app that everyone knows about to see how those games fare and uh, we wish everyone uh, throughout the league a great weekend of football that wraps up this episode find us on facebook at first and 15 podcast give us a like to keep up with all of our shows also check out our sponsor nuola for all your customized sportswear supplies